stood in the shade and waited for the hunt to end. One of my grandfather's friends, who was also finished for the day, commented, You must have shot well to have your limit. Not quite, I replied. I shot poorly, but I shot a lot. It's a good thing shells are cheap. His response was classic old man wisdom. Yes, shells are cheap. It's the time that's expensive. I returned home from that Labor Day shoot with a bag full of doves and a piece of sage advice. Time. It is precious. Our gospel reading this morning is a strange one. The parable that Jesus shares with the Pharisees is perhaps the oddest in all of the New Testament. A rich landowner discovers that the manager he employs is squandering his property. He decides that he will soon terminate the man. When the manager catches wind that a pink slip is on its way, he realizes the trouble he is in. He does not wish to spend his life toiling in hard labor. He's too proud to beg. He resigns to spend his last employed moments making friends in hopes that one day down the line they will return his favors with their own hospitality. The manager begins to slice the bills that they owe his master. The man that owes a hundred jugs of olive oil is now told he only owes fifty. The man that owes a hundred bushels of wheat now only owes eighty. And so on. The manager is determined to grant as many favors as he can at his master's expense before the hammer comes down. His master, learning of this new business model, does not fire the man, but instead forgives him and commends him for acting shrewdly. The hero of our parable today is a dishonest manager. What are we to make of this? Well, this morning's story does not exist in a vacuum. We need the second parable from Luke's 16th chapter, one we'll dig a little deeper into next week, to understand what's going on here. A rich man lives in a giant castle and feasts behind its walls. A poor man lives outside those walls and spends his life in misery, in physical ailment and starvation. When both men die, it is the poor man that celebrates in heaven and the rich man that wastes away in hell. One of the great themes of Luke's gospel is the destructive nature of wealth on the quality of our earthly lives and our eternal salvation. You remember, of course, that famous phrase, it is easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter heaven. It's not the wealth itself, but our own obsession with it, what we do to obtain it, and what we do with it once we have it. 
Jesus calls us to free our minds of the frantic struggle to grow our earthly estates. Jesus calls us to share the blessings of what we do have with the world around us. Jesus tells us this morning that we cannot serve two masters. We must choose a path. Will we spend the little time we have together fighting over things that rot and rust? Or will we spend our moments focusing on that which is priceless, on family, on friends, on community? It's not always easy, I know. We are constantly told that our values should be reversed. That we are to fill our lives with cars and blenders and sectional couches. That our instant gratification and our creature comforts should come before anything else. The Gospel of Luke says otherwise. The dishonest manager may be a little shady. He may not be our idea of a hero, but he uses his time wisely with his eye on the future. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us this morning. That old man in the dove field was right. It is our time that is precious. And what we do with it shapes our hearts, shapes our minds, shapes our faith, and shapes our destiny. Tucked away in our strange parable this morning is that message. Our time is brief, but valuable, priceless. And so in that spirit, I will not take up any more of yours. (laughs) But close with this prayer written by Peter Marshall. A prayer that I hope reminds each of us where true value lies in our lives. If you cannot find clarity in the parable of the dishonest manager, may you find it here in this prayer. Forbid it, Lord, that our roots become too firmly attached to this earth, that we should fall in love with things, Help us to understand that the pilgrimage of this life is but an introduction, a preface, a training school for what is to come. Then shall we see all of life in its true perspective. Then shall we not fall in love with the things of time, but come to love the things that endure. Then shall we be saved from the tyranny of possessions which we have no leisure to enjoy, of property whose care becomes a burden. Give us, we pray, the courage to simplify our lives. So may we be mature in our faith, childlike but never childish, humble but never cringing, understanding but never conceited, So help us, O God, to live and not merely to exist, that we may have joy in our work. In thy name alone, who can give us moderation and balance and zest for living. 
we pray. Amen.